Well, how are you all this morning? So it is, uh, thank you for bringing the cold weather. It's a lot colder here than it is in Kenya. In Kenya, it's about 70 to 80 year-round, so I'm not complaining at all for the weather there. But it is good to be back in America and see some fall weather, which is something we do miss in Kenya. Um, we arrived beginning of September, and we've had a few meetings and all, all the things we have to do to catch up on life back in America. Um, we're in a few minutes, I'll show our video, and then I'll bring, bring up a few other things that are, I have time to, since I have a few minutes. But uh, I just want to share a few things. We have been working on a translation, and as you know, when people don't have an accurate translation of God's Word, how hard is it for them to read it and be able to follow and do what God says? Very hard, as you all know. So it's, it's a blessing for us to have good, easy-to-read, accurate translations in the, in the English. Um, but sometimes when you get to other languages, there is translations, like there is in Swahili, but it's hard to read. And when you read it, now that I can read it, you read them and you say, wow, there is... How can they ever get that? So let me give you an example. John 3.16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And in Swahili, that verse is great, except for one word. And the one word is perish. So let me ask you, when something perishes, can you ever get it back? And this is okay, this is Sunday school. So you can answer me back. Can you, if something perishes, you know, maybe you have food and it says this food is perishable. And if that food perishes, can you eat that food? No, it, you could, I guess, but it would not be good, right? So when things are perished, it's not possible. But the word they use there would be translated lost. So have you ever lost something and then been able to find it? Yes. So is there a difference to you between something that's perished and something that's lost? That, and that's just one word, but think about what that means now if we were to change that one word. And that's really what the meaning, the meaning comes across the same way in Swahili. So just one word in that one verse. And so we have finished John and Romans so far, and if you would like, on my table there is two different styles of translation. One just has the Swahili in it, what we've done, and then one has Swahili and English, because many Kenyans, most Kenyans can read English also, so you can read them both together they're right alongside each other, so you are welcome to look at those and see the work that you guys have been praying for. Thank you so much for your prayers. God has been answering prayers. So let's go ahead and show our, my video, and then I'll close with a few more things. Tiye mamba ni salama, tiye mamba ni salama, tiye mamba ni salama, tiya yangu iwendefu, ye ye hu ni pawakofu, ma wimbi yakini piga, kuvu za kengi yanyanga, kwake yesu nasi mama, tiye mamba ni salama, we are the Steinbart family. We are missionaries in Kenya, East Africa. We arrived in Kenya, February 2021. We received our legal work permit, bought a vehicle, and found a home. 
After settling in, we hired a Swahili teacher who was able to live on our property and teach us for six months. We met for five hours a day, five days a week. We finished language school a few months before our fifth child, Tirza, was born. God has been so good to us as we have settled into life in Kenya and learned the language. What was it like to move to Kenya? We adapted to African culture. We tried new foods. We developed relationships. We made new friends. We grew food to help needy people. We homeschooled with the doors open all year round. We learned a new language. Throughout this video, we would like to introduce you to the many people we minister with and to in Kenya. First, we want you to meet our home church, Grace Bible Baptist Church, Pastor Alo, and our co-workers, Robert and Wendy Mickey. We jumped into various ministries of the church and grew to love our Kenyan brothers and sisters. We have learned much about the African culture and been given many opportunities to practice our Swahili. Next, let us introduce to you our Sunday school class. Each school year, we teach a class of about 15 students who attend boarding school at Grace Baptist Academy. They are unsaved and often come from rough homes or have not lived with their families for years. We have been surprised to see how much false teaching from their culture, village, and other churches have affected them. They are truly a mission field. We now want you to meet the many kids that attend Bible clubs every month. Most churches in Kenya do not seek to reach their children in any way. As Christians, we know how important children are to our Savior and must seek to reach them for Christ. Our Bible clubs meet in 12 different areas around the city each month. The average attendance for each club is about 140 kids, giving us a total of 1,600 every month. Through the clubs, we have seen children and adults saved and several families have joined the church. Please meet our Bible College attendees. Three times a year, about a hundred church members and pastors attend this week-long institute and learn various practical subjects like Bible doctrines, music, eternal security, and others. It is a huge challenge for people to choose to follow the Bible when it contradicts their culture. Though progress is slow, it is exciting to see those who have accepted biblical truth. Lastly, let us introduce our Swahili Bible Translation team. We have successfully completed John and Romans and are close to finishing the other Gospels. John and Romans have been printed and assembled in a Swahili-English format. A shipment of 150,000 copies just arrived in the beginning of September. What does the future hold? We will continue with the Bible translation work and teaching opportunities. We are preparing to start a traditional Bible college in January 2025. With that in mind, we've built a new building on the church property to house the college students. We are so thankful to those who faithfully pray and support the Lord's work in Kenya. We have faced challenges we never expected, but 
We have seen God answer prayers, give fruit for our labors, and grow us more into His likeness. God's work is a battlefield, but we are more than conquerors. So that is a little bit about what we've been doing these last few years. And so I just want to share a couple things. Obviously, you can see there are a number of people that are saved. But what we're finding out is sometimes their culture is a huge obstacle. Now, it's hard sometimes for us as Americans to think about that because the gospel has very much permeated our culture. Now, it is changing, but we are very much Christian-based in our culture. But when you go to some of those countries where they are not based on the gospel. The gospel has not been there for a number of years. And in fact, the Bible has not transformed their lives. So yes, they get saved, but their understanding of things that we think is basic. So let me share some things. Um, One, stealing. Think about stealing. Stealing, we would all define it and they would define it because we had this interesting conversation um, as taking something that doesn't belong to you. But what happens if there's an opportunity for them to get money from you? Well, they would take it without asking. And you think, well, how, that seems like a, a contradiction to what they just defined stealing as. In the beginning of this year, we had to church discipline out two church members for stealing from the school because the money was there and they thought no one would get them and they took it and the Lord revealed that and of course they got disciplined, but they didn't see what they did as wrong. And these are Christians. And you think, wow, how can that happen? And so far, here's the best answer I can have. Um, One, they need an accurate translation of God's word so they can read it, and it will say exactly what God said. And then as they read God's word, God's word is quick, alive, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. And God's word is able to transform their lives, to renew their minds, and to change them. And so that's why working on the Bible translation, I see more and more that is huge. But then more than that, when you're dealing with adults, don't we as adults have habits that it's hard to change? You know, we, we just do things because that's the way we've always done them. And so when you hit, when you reach adults, Sometimes that brings its own set of challenges for them, hurdles for them to overcome, for them to change how they've always done things, how they've always seen things. You know, over in Kenya, over in Africa, in general, from what I've heard, they view people like us as very wealthy, and we are only there to give them money. Now, can you imagine you go up to someone and you're trying to witness to them, and they only see you as an object, a way to get money. 
So they'll say anything you want to hear. Now that's not always true, okay? I don't want you to think that, but that is many times true, and sometimes that is a hindrance. And so they will say things, they will do things, and they will change um, depending on what they think you want until they have a, an opportunity to get what they want, okay? So it's hard to explain some of those things until you experience them, but what is exciting, though, is people that we've met, they're saved, they've read the Bible, and their lives are transformed, and you can see God working through them. So one of them, the pastor that was up there, he co-pastors with our coworker. They're the two national. They're the two pastors of our church. He does an outstanding job. He reads the Bible. He is content with the things that he has. He's not greedy of gain. He meets all the qualifications that the Bible lists for a pastor. And people, the people in the church, have stopped coming to him, trying to bribe him to get him to do things because they know. He's going to do what's right. Very anti-cultural. And yet, I'm encouraged. Like, wow, how did that happen? It's because God changed his life. Then when we got there in 2021, we, our church, the church there, sent out a missionary to the north part of Kenya. And again, the same thing is true. He is up there. He's planted a church. Um, and he's reaching out to the refugee camps from South Sudan. And he has a church of about 50. Right now, after... 2021 to now 2023, he had 50 um, just last month when people were up there. And he's looking at starting a Bible college, a Bible institute. And he is standing for what God, for truth. He is doing things right and according to the Bible. He's doing things well. And how did that happen? It's because, again, his life was transformed by the Bible. And so I'm excited about our kind of our next phase of ministry, finishing up the Bible translation, but then going into the Bible College, because there's many people that are saved, but they've not read and embraced what God's Word says. And so their life has not been transformed. They're still very much in their culture, in their way of doing things, in their way of thinking that are anti-biblical, not American. I didn't say that, but anti-biblical. They're against the Bible, what the Bible very clearly teaches and says. And so please pray for us as we look forward. Next year, we'll be returning in end of March and we'll continue the Bible translation. Lord willing, we'll finish up the Gospels. And then um, 2025, January 2025, we're looking at starting a traditional Bible college where the students will be living there, and they will be getting training in the Bible college, but then they'll also be working in the church, kind of like an intern, for all year round. And they will get mentored by the pastoral staff that's there, by the missionaries, me and the other, my coworker. And Lord willing as they read God's word, as they study, as they see God's word lived out. God can take those things and transform their lives. And so we need your prayers because this is a huge obstacle for them to overcome. It's very hard to overcome some of those cultural things. But with God, what does it say? All things are possible. And it's exciting to serve God. So thank you so much for your prayers. God has been doing great and amazing things. I'm amazed that we were able to learn the language as fast as we can to be able to preach in Swahili. Um, I am not maybe completely fluent in it, but I am fairly fluent in it, um, which that's of the Lord. And praise God, your guys' prayers. Um, seeing all those other things, seeing the Bible college, seeing people's lives transformed, seeing people make decisions that will speed them on their way, seeing people saved, that's partly because of you guys praying. So thank you so much for your prayers. God is answering prayers. God is still working. Even though we might see a lot of negative things, you might see a lot of negative things here in America, but yet God is still working here and there. So thank you again for your prayers.
안녕하십니까 하나님과 예수 우리 주를 아는 것을 통해 은혜와 평화가 너희에게 더욱 많이 있기를 원하노라 Good morning Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and our God I am Jonathan Facenda, y'all's missionary to South Korea and uh, my family and I are missionaries to South Korea I'm flying solo this time Our two older boys are in North Carolina. Our oldest son just graduated high school, and uh, Lord willing, we'll be going to Pensacola Christian College either in January or September, depending on how his work goes. And those of you who have transitioned young people through that stage of life know how that goes, so pray for him. Our second son, Ye Sun, is a junior in high school, playing football and living with my folks. And then our three younger children, Heron, Heijin, and Yejun, are back home in Korea with Rachel, and, uh, but I am here and it is a joy to be with you and to present an update about what God is doing uh, in and through us in South Korea. I want to begin with my life verse, Genesis 24, 27, where Abraham's servant goes to find a bride for Isaac, and as he recounts the faithfulness of God, he says this, I, being in the way... The Lord led me. God is in control of everything. We know from the scripture very clearly that there is no such thing as chance or accident or happenstance. The sovereign, loving God of heaven controls all things to accomplish his wonderful will. And we also know that those of us who are in Christ, those of us who are believers, are guided step by step in a special way by our loving Heavenly Father, and he directs our steps. And so this is the story. Of our ministry. Maybe. Providence. The working of God in time and space through a multitude of different agencies to accomplish His perfect will. We are the Facenda family, missionaries in South Korea, and no word describes our life and ministry better than the word providence. God graciously saved both Rachel and I at very young ages. And during our college years, providentially directed our steps to South Korea. In 2003, we both arrived in South Korea independently of each other, met at church, and were married seven months later. After two years of English teaching and church planting in the city of Kunsan, the path of God's providence led us to the ministry of deputation for the next five years. Then from 2011 to 2017, we had our first official term as church planting missionaries. For four and a half years, we did church planting ministry in the city of Gwangju. God did wonderful things and much seed was planted. We look forward to the final day when we see all that God, by his providence, did and accomplished through our time there. Then in 2016, God in his providence moved us to the city of Daegu. An American missionary was retiring due to health issues and asked me to come and take over the church. After much prayer and deliberation, and through some very strange providences, God uh, led us to Daegu, and I became the pastor of International Baptist Church in January of 2016. As with many pastoral transitions, our early time in Daegu was difficult. However, we were confident in our God, and we set our faces to accomplish His will for us there. After our first furlough in 2017, we were filled with hope that we could move past the difficulties and see a great work done for God. And indeed, many good things did happen. In 2018, we began to grow and instituted official church membership. In 2019, we were averaging nearly 50 people on Sunday morning, with many folks involved in at least one area 
of, our, of ministry. But then in February of 2020, God's providence that the world calls COVID-19 came, and things began to look very different. Although we were unable to use our church building for a time, by God's grace, we were able to have services in our home for the church members who wanted to come. And uh, this actually began, uh, seemed to be strengthening the core of our church. In May of 2020, we were able to use our church building again and began re- regaining numeric strength. But the old problems resurfaced and they brought some new friends along. Try as we may, there seemed to be no solution uh, for the problems and we could not turn the corner. At this same time, our deacon who owned the church building told us that our church had to move out as soon as possible. This was indeed a very difficult season for Rachel and I. Uh, We were troubled but not distressed. We were perplexed but not in despair. Uh, We saw God's long track record of providence both in the scriptures and in church history and in our own lives to that point. And he who holds the worlds in place held our hands as we walked that uncertain road. At our lowest point, God sent Mario and Hajin. This precious Mexican-American couple loves Christ, loved the church, and loved us personally. And they were a tremendous uh, source of strength and encouragement for us. Prior to that time, I had met a young man who graduated from Pensacola Christian College. His dad actually pastors in our city of Daegu. When his dad heard about our need, uh, our church's need for a building, he offered to let us use their education building, uh, education annex building, for as long as we needed. So after prayer and discussion, we decided to move uh, to that temporary location the first Sunday of August 2020. Now that was God preparing the way, because the last Sunday of July in 2020 was when the storm finally broke and all but eight people left our church. That was a, a very tough day. But by God's power and God's grace, his work goes on. And so the first Sunday of August 2020, we met in our new location with 14 people. Yet we had visitors that day to God's glory. That was a bittersweet day as our church was reborn. But we met in that temporary location for five months as God continued to build his church. During that that time, we gained several new attenders. A teenage youth was started, a youth group was started. And I began teaching weekly chapel time for the small Christian school that our host church was starting. In November of 2020, the host pastor came to us and said that we would be no no longer able to use their building in January because they were not renewing their lease. So we would have to find a a new place to meet. So over the next month and a half, God worked some very remarkable providences to lead us to a new location and provide the money to rent and remodeling getting us all moved into our new location in less than 60 days. God continues to do wonderful things at Daegu International Baptist Church, and he has brought together a truly wonderful group of people who love God, his church, and one another. This is Brother Jung and Sister Kim. I'm sorry, they they just took over our youth ministry uh, while I'm gone, and this is just, they're precious people. Um, This is Brother Jung and Sister Kim. They are the owners and sole employees of an accessory shop open 12 hours a day, six days a week. But they're our most faithful couple. They're at church every Sunday. Uh, Brother Sunil is our church treasurer. He's at men's Bible study every Monday night and prayer meeting every Friday night. And uh, him and his wife help us in our Sunday afternoon Bible church kids club. This is Brother uh, Cha and Sister E. They are also a very faithful couple. Both of them have taken vacation time to help us in our VBS. Brother Cha is our song leader and also involved in our weekly men's Bible study. 
This past spring, he preached his first sermon, and then he preached a second time a couple of months ago, and I'm planning, he doesn't know this, and he won't watch the live stream, so I can say this, I'm planning to use him a number of times next year to preach, and it is exciting to watch him grow in the Lord. Last year, we had our first vacation Bible school with four students. Now, one of those, um, one of the ladies who had been instrumental in our church split in 2020, she brought her son and two other kids to our vacation Bible school. Now, out of that small beginning grew our, grew our uh, Bible Kids Club. We now have kid, uh, 10 children coming every week, mostly from unsaved, unchurched families. But every week they read their, their Bible, they do their devotional pages, memorize Bible verses, and God is doing a wonderful thing. And providence sometimes is a very strange, uh, strange road to walk. This is Brother James. He lives in a small town about 45 minutes north of us, and he began attending our church when we were in the temporary location. He has a tremendous burden for young people, reaching young people for Jesus Christ, and we're currently working with him to start a small Christian school in, his, in the city of Wagwan, where he lives. Now, this is Brother Daybun. He owns a large coffee shop near our church, and after seeing each other a few times at the coffee shop, we, we started chatting, got together. And uh, shortly after, we began having weekly Bible study. Over the last year, Brother Dave has gotten assurance of his salvation and been baptized. He's now beginning to systematically read the Bible for the first time in his life. He's faithful to prayer meeting every Friday night. And he serves in our church by helping uh, check my Korean translation, the bulletin, and other things. And also reading the scripture and praying in our morning services. Now, this is Sister Cho Young. She began attending our church a number of months ago with her two-year-old daughter. She, uh, she used to attend a sister church in Seoul, and her husband was moved to Daegu for work. Her husband's not a believer, and he at first was rather antagonistic about her coming to church with, with their daughter. But God has done a wonderful work in softening his heart. Now he brings his daughter even when his wife can't come. He and I are now having weekly Bible studies, and God is, God is working in his heart. So please pray for Jin Hyung to be saved. If I had a month, I could tell you all the amazing stories about God's providential work in our ministry, bringing us to where we are today. Providence, the working of God in time and space through a multitude of agencies to accomplish his perfect will. What will God do tomorrow? We have no idea, but we do know it will be good, and we know it will be glorious. And so that is our testimony of what God has done, how God brought us together and has worked in our, in our ministry. We've been in Korea as a full-time. We, we went to Korea in 2003. We were there for two years, and then we've been there since 2011, uh, working and ministering, and we praise the Lord for all that God has done for his glory. Um, I want to just mention something that, that struck me as I was listening to Brother Steinbart's uh, a message and then or a presentation and then thinking about Korea, there are some remarkable similarities. Um, the need for good translation. Now, Korea has uh, a translation of the Bible. They have several translations of the Bible. But I can't tell you how many times I've had Koreans tell me, oh, Pastor, what is that in English? Because I can't understand it when I read it in Korean. It's harder to understand. So the need for good translation is very, very important. He mentioned that the, children, that the churches don't reach out to the children very well. That's the same in Korea. In fact, that's why Brother James has a tremendous heart for young people. Um, 
at his previous church, he had a youth program where he would reach about 90 kids, but the church didn't want to fund it, didn't want to put anything into it, and so it closed down. In Korea, when you hit middle school, you study, and you study in high school to get into college. And there are Christian parents who will come to church. You say, oh, where's, where's your son? Where's your daughter? Oh, pastor, they can't come to church this month. They have to study for their test. Education is a god in Korea. And the churches have capitulated to the culture in some degree in that. And so churches don't do a very good job of reaching young people in Korea. Then he mentioned about the culture versus the Bible and how it's very hard for the Kenyans to... Um, to break with their culture and follow the scripture. The same is true in South Korea. Um, in fact, Dabum, this week, uh, before I came back to the States, Dabum and I were having Bible study, and he had just read through the pastoral epistles. And I said, what did you learn? He said, I'm supposed to pray for the president no matter who he is. He said, I had always grown up thinking I should only pray for the Christian presidents. I said, well, good luck finding one of those, but um, that's a different story. But he said, he said, but I realized that the Bible says I should pray for the leaders no matter who they are. I said, amen, brother. And, and, but, but taking that step of following culture versus, Christ, versus the scripture, or following the scripture versus the culture. Um, we have a man in our church who was in our church and very helpful, very faithful for uh, a, a, quite a time who is backsliding now and, and walking away from the Lord. And I told our guys, we need to reach out to him, we need to text him, we need to love him and try to get him back. And they said, Pastor, that's not Korean. I said, yeah, but that's Christian, so we're going to do it. And so it is a challenge. But you know, I, I know as I say these things, you can think about the same kind of things here in America. Right? I mean, we have multiple translations, but a lot of people can't, don't understand the scriptures when they read it. Right? We... We, we, we have a, a whole generation of young people growing up godless and, and, and almost in a pre-Christian culture. We have, we have Christians and, and have, that, that struggle with following the scripture versus... The, that's the same everywhere, is it not? Every missionary could get up and tell you the similar story. And every, every, every one of you who lives here knows it's the same thing. And that's the good news because the problem is the same and the answer is the same. And his name is Jesus. The answer is Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God to salvation. And so my friend, wherever you minister, whether you minister here in the Huntsville area, whether you minister across the sea in a foreign nation, don't be discouraged. Don't quit. Don't give up. Trust the sovereign God of providence. Step by step, He is guiding you and leading you and equipping you and using you day by day to reach those people that will come to him. And we can rest in that and we can can take comfort in that. That even though we may not see it here, one of my favorite verses, John chapter 4, he that sows and he that reaps, those are two different people, by the way, will rejoice together. Where? Around the throne of God. Isn't it going to be good to stand with our Kenyan brothers and sisters, our Cambodian brothers and sisters, our Brazilian brothers and sisters, our Korean brothers and sisters, our American brothers and sisters, and all around the throne in the one language of Korea that will speak of Korean that will speak in heaven. 
whatever it is, all around the throne with one tongue and one heart, we will say, worthy is the Lamb who has redeemed us to God out of every tribe and kindred and tongue. So my brethren, be faithful. Pray for us. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us. We love you. God bless you, Pastor.